0: Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So, come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski.
1: Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, and I'm sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and it's made more luxurious by my co-host, Jeff. Tom Dorian. Tom. Wow, thank you. I don't get that much. You're, well, you have a coat on, the jacket.
2: Yeah. Well, there you, you go. You look fancy. It's very or if luxurious. Hi.
0: You will not know how to
1: act. We're going to have to stop the show. We're going to <laughs> the mics are going to suddenly cut off. They might it's just shut the cool whole cafe school. down. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> well, um, as promised, if, for those of you who uh, happened to hear our program uh, last week on Our Lady of Guadalupe, our guest was Father Bruce Neely. Well, Father Bruce came back this week. Uh, we started Excellent. to talk about the new evangelization, yep. and uh, so we thought that'd be a great show to do. Perfect. Uh, Father Bruce Neely, a Paulist priest here in uh, the Diocese of Memphis, he's, you know, an expert on the new evangelization, right? Aren't you, Father Bruce? Well, uh, thank you again for that uh, <laughs> honor. Uh, I, uh, I dole out honors all the time. It's, it's what I do. Uh, but
3: I would say that has been, uh, evangelization has been my focus in my 39 years of priesthood now. Paul is, we we Paulists were founded to evangelize. Uh, particularly the uh, United States. And so, um, and I was also privileged to be director of evangelization for both the Texas Catholic Conference and also the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. So, I was. So, so, evangelization
1: yeah. is near and dear to who you are. Exactly. It's my Very passion. Good. Well, that's why we've got you here now, because we Thank want to talk about this concept of the new evangelization. Good. And I know we've heard that term, many people have used yeah. it a lot. Mm-hmm. We kind of have to talk about what the new evangelization is. Good. Well, Bishop
3: Sam Jacobs has the easiest definition. He says, you are what's new about the new evangelization. But actually, the phrase uh, was uh, coined by Pope John Paul II uh, in the uh, meeting of the Latin American bishops and bishops of the Caribbean in 1983, and he called the new evangelization new in ardor, methods, and expression. So a kind of a new passion for evangelization, but also new ways of experiencing and manifesting evangelization.
1: We should look at evangelization first, though, I think, before we even talk about the new evangelization. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all familiar with uh, the gospel, the Great Commission. Go and make disciples. That's right. That's what we're called to do. Mm -hmm. Protestant and Catholic alike, we hear the Great Commission. We all know that our job Mm -hmm. is not to sit on the couch and watch television and watch people uh, evangelize, but we are yeah. to evangelize. We
3: are to evangelize, and oftentimes we become kind of lazy about that, Deacon Jeff. you know, J-
1: Jesus says, go out and make disciples of all nations. Yeah. Tom, preach the looking- gospel
3: to every creature.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> your, your eyes cut over to Tom when you said lazy. Yeah. I just was curious whether there was anything there, Father, or maybe you had a nervous twitch of some sort.
0: <laughs> He's throwing it on me. He feels guilty. You know, I do this- feel
1: guilty. We all sometimes become yes. complacent, right? We We expect the priest or the deacon or the bishop mm-hmm. or the pope or somebody the church is going to take care of the evangelization when we are the church. I mean, I should say we all, the laity included, the lady especially. Right. We're all
3: members of the body of Christ. And by That's baptism, right. we are baptized into the Christ, the priest, prophet, and king. Huh? Piety, study, and action in cursio terms. We are called to proclaim, to share the faith. And when we haven't done that, Deacon Jeff, that is why. Other churches have come about in the Protestant world, but within the Catholic world, that's why some of the religious orders were born, to address that need to evangelize.
1: Well, I love what St. Paul says uh, when, he, when he speaks to the Corinthians. Uh, the, in the first letter, he says, For I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting. For necessity is laid upon me. He says, woe to me if I preach <laughs> not the gospel. <laughs> if I don't preach, woe to me. Yeah. Those we're all called to. It's, yep. it's our responsibility. Mm. But I guess the question then becomes, why a new evangelization? Mm. If the church has been around for 2,000 years, mm-hmm. and the word uh, evangelization is, is in the New Testament, we hear right. that word. Why is suddenly a new, I mean, is this a new gospel?
3: Well, let me just re- reflect with Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, because this is his passion. Right. This new evangelization, and uh, uh, we will be expecting uh, a synod on the new evangelization coming up. And there are already uh, points uh, that uh, the Holy Father wants us to reflect upon. Uh, but uh, kind of, uh, he addresses six sectors uh, that uh, need evangelization today in a new way. Uh, one is culture. You know, we have a different cultural perspective. Uh, Pope Benedict XVI is particularly concerned about the growing secularism. Right. right? Defined as a uh, a loss of the sense of the transcendent, an over-concern with the mundane, the worldly, if you will, and a loss of the sense of the sacred. Right,
1: and even especially in a place where a sense of the sacred used to be so prominent.
3: Europe. Right. Many people go to Europe. Why? They want to see... Michelangelo, right. you know, they, they want to see the cathedrals, um, the cathedrals. It, it, uh, they, they want to see Leonardo da Vinci, uh, you know, they don't want right. to see, you know, the latest thing to come out of uh, whatever, uh, they want to see great art. And that great art, Notre Dame, all of these things came out of a very uh, uh, gospel-centered culture, mm-hmm. not that every artist was a saint. But those artists had the luxury, had the advantage of having a culture that recognized a sense of beauty, a sense of eternity, a, a sense of the ultimate. Right. That's why these people were able to create great art. So that, that's one of the predominant passions of uh, Pope uh, Benedict mm-hmm. XVI, to somehow bring the gospel into today's culture so that we can come up with new beautiful art. Beautiful
1: uh, right. and so I guess beautiful the answer music to the answer to the question is is this a new gospel no it 's not no. a new gospel, but it 's again what 's new is you right, right. it 's our job in this day and age to make this gospel uh, mm-hmm. applicable uh, and, and we 're speaking specifically of our culture first here, yeah, exactly uh, but it needs to be in this culture in this time in this day
3: and culture you know meaning uh, culture comes from cult- cultivare uh, colere in Latin to cultivate the earth right that we uh, come up with a way to cultivate the things that make us a people that we have in common, whether it's education or politics mm-hmm. or music or food, uh, these things uh, that make us human. That, that's, so that's number one.
1: What, what, what's number
3: two? Number two, uh, what the uh, uh, Holy Father calls the social sector. Now, the social sector is uh, the, um, the sense of uh, multicultural mixing, That's going on today. You notice all of the immigrations from the Southern Hemisphere into the Northern Hemisphere, uh, sometimes uh, creating a new culture, but sometimes creating conflicts. Uh, The Holy Father is very strong on the uh, opportunity for us Catholic Christians, especially to be bridge builders. Mm -hmm. Right To be bridge builders, to kind of bring these different cultures, different religious backgrounds together in peace and harmony. So the social sector is there. Then, of course, the social network, (laughs) the media. Mm -hmm. Right. That, you know, uh, 20 years ago, you know, nobody ever heard of, uh, you know, websites or downloading. uh, Or if they heard of it, you know, they were in a minority. Now, how many people – I feel I'm the only person in the world not
1: on Facebook. (laughs) <laughs> we can take care of that. We can fix that for him, can't we? We'll give you a Facebook page. You would love it.
3: Yeah. Well, how do? And the Holy Father, of course, is very strong on let us bring the gospel, you know, into the social media, so that we can, in fact, connect some of these um, uh, different uh, groups uh, that are already experience uh, social uh, globalization. Uh, then, of course, other things like economics, the big thing the disparity between North and South economically, uh, the Northern Hemisphere and the Southern Hemisphere, the uh, preferential option for the poor that has been part and parcel of our uh, Catholic social teaching, we really need to become conscious of that even in our own countries, even in our own turf, so that as Catholics we're not just in it for ourselves, which sometimes improper use of the social media can make us very narcissistic, you know, right. very me-centered. Let's get out into the rest of the world that is vulnerable marginated, in need huh? uh, so uh, then the civic sector you know the new politics you know even recently in the uh, the middle east the whole shifting to a more democratic uh, a form of government that we see in some of the uh, Middle Eastern countries uh, going on as we speak you know, how does the gospel address that and how again can we be peacemakers and bridge builders uh, in a world uh, that uh, is changing so rapidly politically and in a civic sense and finally science the scientific sector. You know, sometimes, so, oftentimes, science, always science could be such a beautiful tool to help us uh, in health, uh, help us in uh, leading uh, more comfortable lives, uh, even as we age. Uh, uh, right. Present company, of course, except talking to those people out there who are uh, into the uh, c- senior citizenship. Uh, but uh, science has been so helpful in saving so many lives. You know, right. what was the life ex- span of people a uh, uh, hundred years ago? Maybe forty, forty-five. Now, you know, we live to be a uh, hundred. Some of it, but yet, science can be an idol. You know, yeah, and uh, you know, uh, 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 throwing away embryos, which we Catholic Christians believe it, uh, are made in the image and likeness of God—they're human beings. You well, know?
1: obviously, that happens yeah. when you when you divorce God from the science, right? right? I mean, because if if God is the author of all truth and That's science right. is seeking truth, then science would seek God, which, which is exactly what happened with the Nazis. That's right. exactly
3: what they did—they divorced science from God and. Need I say more?
1: So obviously the Holy Father sees that these six sectors Mm -hmm. of of life, which pretty much covers everything. It does. That the new evangelization is going to be geared towards, you know, just sort of stirring the soil in all of those different sectors.
3: And isn't it interesting, Deacon Jeff, here we are, the oldest church. You know, I like to say. On my first show, I called us the pizza supreme, but That's right. we're the original recipe. <laughs> and I'm not speaking of Kentucky Fried. That's we good. go back to the man from Galilee. Isn't it interesting that we constantly make the news that yeah. we continue to be of interest? Uh, the, the, the fact that we are in the year 2012, uh, who said so? Well, a pope said so. We use the Gregorian calendar. right? You know? Somehow, even people who don't particularly like us are impacted by Catholicism and uh, that's why uh, when Jesus says I will be with you always we never forget we should never forget that part of the grand grand commission that he will be with us always until the end of time
1: wonderful well we have more to talk about in the new evangelization maybe we'll focus a little bit on what that means to each of us and what we're required and called to do in this new evangelization uh, we will do that in just one moment when you come back i do want to remind everyone at home that we have a wonderful website www.thecatholiccafe.com and i love getting emails from you uh love to hear from you uh, email me at deaconjeff at the and so with that you're being commissioned to come right back
2: I'm and this is another great moment in church history. For the first several hundred years of Christianity, those who professed their faith in Jesus and lived according to his gospel were hunted down, rooted out, tortured, imprisoned, and usually executed by the Roman government. And much to the dismay of those same Romans, these early martyrs of the Church, by their public witness, even unto death, became an inspiration to other Christians. Rather than dissuading Christians from continuing to walk in the faith, they were actually strengthened and encouraged in their resolve to follow Christ and His Church. During the persecution wrought by Emperor Diocletian in 304 AD, two such martyrs found their holy places in Church history. A holy priest named Marcellinus and his companion named Peter, an exorcist for the church, were arrested and sentenced to die simply because they were Christians. While they were in prison awaiting their fate, they proved to be of great spiritual comfort to the other Christians locked up with them. They preached to them the hope of an eternal life of happiness with the very same Jesus who had triumphed over death to reconcile us to the Father. Their words were so reassuring and so compelling that they made many new converts while in prison, including of all people, the jailer and his wife and daughter. When the day of their execution arrived, Saints Marcellinus and Peter were taken deep into the nearby woods and beheaded, in secret, and buried in an unmarked grave. The Romans did this because they knew that men as inspiring as these two martyrs would certainly stir a large and influential devotion from the faithful. This secrecy would prevent that from happening. Their names would forever be confined to obscurity. However, God, as he often does, had other plans. In actuality, their names have been perpetuated for centuries now as they are listed among the saints whose names are invoked in the Roman canon. The first Eucharistic prayer said at masses around the world. How did this happen? It seems that Pope Damasus wrote an epitaph for the gravestone of these beloved martyrs. And in this epitaph, he indicated that he had heard of the saints Marcellinus and Peter from, of all people, their executioner, who surely was moved by his experience with them. This is yet another indication of the powerful witness their lives and deaths would be to others. The Feast Day of Saints Marcellinus and Peter is celebrated by the Universal Church on June 2nd. I'm Bess and this is another great moment in church history.
0: Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff.
1: And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe talking about the new evangelization here with Father Bruce Neely. So, Father Bruce, I think we've, we've, in our first segment in our show there, we mm-hmm. talked about the new evangelization and, you know, just sort of generally what it all is about. Right. Mm-hmm. But let's get specific. What mm-hmm. does it mean to, uh, to newly evangelize? What, what are the specific things that we're supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. What does that in, uh, entail? Mm-hmm.
3: Well, one of the uh, key words uh, that are used now in these preliminary documents leading up to the synod on the new evangelization, one of the key words is enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, interestingly enough, is the first goal of our uh, our bishop United States bishops' document on evangelization: go and make disciples, creating enthusiasm for our Catholic faith in Jesus. And uh, you know, historically, enthusiasm uh, means being filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. So, uh, a tremendous emphasis on prayer, prayer to the Holy Spirit, to kind of give us. That excitement, that enthusiasm about what we're about, because there is a lethargy, a malaise. Sometimes one sees, and um, so the 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 preliminary documents and Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, in in his travels and in his messages, really does stress the mystical and the prayerful and uh, the spirit-filled element of evangelization.
1: Right. We've talked before about the uh, sort of the dangers of. of Taking something and doing strictly an ed, 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 uh, intellectual, yes. you know, uh, a, a head-only, mm-hmm. it has to involve the heart. It, does. it and, does. Right? That's what's so beautiful. Again, i got the Catholic teaching. I think, like, you know, faith and works, it's the mm-hmm. two of them together, right? In in the same way, it's the heart and the head, yes. the intellect and uh, the, the, the the very spirit of your being.
3: And you know, interesting enough, I've been on many of these World Youth Days, including two with Pope Benedict XVI. And interestingly enough, here is
1: a, a priest in his 80s, Touching the hearts of these teenagers, right? People get fired up. Yeah. You see those pictures, and you think, yeah. "How is that possible?" Now, yeah. this is something that is necessarily covered by the media, mm-hmm. right? They've they've got to cover it because it's so huge. Mm-hmm. And when you see those pictures, it's beautiful to it see is. those kids. They, I mean, they're crying. It's, it's emotional. Right? To watch Very it. emotional. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Right. And because uh, I've had uh, uh, two children go to the last two uh, World Youth Days, and both of them have come back. Sort of mm-hmm. like, rene- you know, they look at them and goes, you know, Dad, all the stuff you told me, mm-hmm. I know it's true now. <laughs> you know, As, they go and they see these other kids all fired up.
3: And especially, you know, here's Pope uh, Benedict Sixteenth, a, a theologian, an intellectual, you know,
1: one of the uh, most intelligent popes we've had. And uh, intellect in that regard usually uh, equals boring, right? Do people uh, right. normally say that, but when you're talking about the gospel.
3: And the kids are excited. Yeah, they're thrilled. Yeah. Excited, So, um, anyway, so the enthusiasm. Another big thing, Deacon Jeff, is education.
1: Right. I I think uh, Um. there's a document that's called The New Evangelization for the Transmission of the Christian Faith. It Mm. came out in 2011. And and in that document, it talks about this educational emergency, is what they say.
3: Yes. Um, A a while back, there was a book called The Da Vinci Code, which was a bestseller, which was filled with all sorts of errors. Yeah, the
1: first page on the book says facts, you know, right? It's like facts, and then it lists it proceeds yeah. to list like six or seven yeah. uh, f- falsehoods.
3: <laughs> Talks about the Vatican, you know, back in the uh, the early centuries of the church when there was no Vatican. Right. He has absolutely no uh, concept of the Orthodox Church churches, the Oriental but churches. But we all
1: bought it hook, line, and sinker, yeah. didn't we? So yeah. many people did, okay. I should say.
3: One of the reasons I feel for the the new uh, translation of the, uh, the Roman message, which I love, by the way, is that it... In- challenges us with words like consubstantial, right. using a, use of the word incarnation, was incarnate of the virgin, to really get back to the fundamental notion of uh, the incarnation. Isaac Hecker, founder of the Paulists, was big on the Catholic thing being mm-hmm. the extension of the incarnation. Well, we kind of got away from the incarnation because we didn't think it was that important. We didn't even know what it was about. Right. You know, the whole divinity and humanity of Jesus Christ. Well, we started to take it for, granted, for granted. We right? did. And
1: when you take it for granted, and it, as a parent, mm-hmm. uh, a father of nine, I know that if, if I don't enthusiastically encourage something, it will fall off the charts. The yeah. kids won't think it's important because, no. obviously, I don't act like it's important.
3: Amen. Amen. And there you connect mind and heart. Yeah. Because
1: the Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom,
3: but the spirit of love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go.
1: If I feel called to do anything, Father Bruce... Uh, after my ordination uh, into the permanent diaconate, to me, one of the things I just one of the charisms I have and loves I have, and, and one of the reasons why we have this very show is all about this educational emergency. It's just I, it's the way I feel like yeah. I can uh, help the world know what the Catholic Church teaches. That's what we that's what we do, right? right? As we speak, right? We're new
3: evangelizing.
1: That's right. <laughs> That's here, exactly here it is. right.
3: It is. And uh, it is addressing that, that need for an education. That You know, there, there is a wisdom tradition in Catholicism which is mind-boggling. So many Catholics have become Catholic because of the wisdom tradition. Thomas Merton being a, a famous example. Bishop Sheen used to draw so many people to the Catholic uh, 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 faith precisely because he was such a great a promoter of the uh, truths. Catholicism. As a matter of fact, the highest proportion of listeners he had, even more than Catholics, was Jewish people. Yeah, mm. because they admired the way he talked about wisdom, and they need to be well educated. So, uh, and
1: people also are mm-hmm. not offended by the truth when when it is true. It shouldn't be offensive, mm-hmm. right? It's just what it is by definition. It's true, right. and so it doesn't have an offense, yeah. right? That's and so, right. In the same way, like we live in a culture right now where. You know, with political correctness, we're not allowed to say certain things because they are uh, purported to be offensive. When the reality is – and that's one of the reasons why uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen had such a a great following even of non-Catholics. They respected the man. They did. And, and, in, right, and do. He, uh, right. He preached the truth.
3: Right. Uh, now, uh, the other thing, uh, which is a part and parcel of the new evangelization in terms of let's, getting, let's get down to more specifics. And uh, Pope John Paul really began this with the Jubilee year 2000 to kind of get us back into the spirit of the Second Vatican Council. Remember, that was one of the uh, reasons for celebrating uh, the uh, third millennium, the Jubilee year 2000, was to kind of get us back to the spirit of Vatican II. And uh, 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 two of the very important elements of the Second Vatican Council was a a calling us to a renewed love of the Bible, the Word of God, maybe Dei Verbum, Uh uh, and... uh, a biggie was the catechumenate commonly called the RCIA the rite of christian initiation right. of adults which is perhaps the most well-known practical application of Vatican II in the parishes right of the United States today certainly uh, so to celebrate the catechumenate to get our people more involved in the catechumenate and especially in uh, breaking open the word of god uh, is a biggie in the new evangelization and
1: all of those things yeah. are things that we right. do at my my home parish every home, every parish has a mm-hmm. or should have an RCIA program yes. in place because that is the key way we evangelize yes. Uh, To those that are either unchurched or they've been partially churched or they were churched and they Mm -hmm. kind of fell away from church and all these people, all these needs in this new day and age, they need to know the truth of the gospel.
3: And it gets the whole parish involved too, Deacon Jeff.
1: Our program thrives on people who are not ordained. In other words, it's not just left to the pope. The pope is not going to do everything for you. No.
3: No, and even convert work in years past was left to a priest. Remember, Father uh, 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 Father Smith uh, instructs Jackson. Right uh, was the uh, the, was the uh, kind of the uh, the motto. Right, and and now uh, it's of course the whole parish takes part in the uh, formation.
1: Now we don't want to discount the role of the ordained. I mean, they're they're called to a to a role. there and given and given a, a specific role, but right. we don 't want to discount the value of the everyday uh, parishioner and the, the lay faithful, the body of christ
3: we're the conductors of a great orchestra, yeah. you know but uh, it's nice to have a Tuscanini, but, you know, you also need a couple of uh, uh, flautists and uh, bass players. But we also, and, uh, also need, to,
1: need to be singing off the same hymnal, too, right? Yeah. We have there the same go. piece of music. Everything has to be in harmony. Uh, so that's also important. Now, I, uh, this document I was just talking about, this new evangelization for the transmission of the Christian faith, also speaks of joy. It talks about mm-hmm. the joy that needs to come back in this new evangelization. Mm. I guess that's speaking to the heart of the purpose of when uh, Jesus came that we might have life and live it to the full right to be joyful
3: yeah and as, as our lady says in the magnificat my spirit rejoices in god my savior right. absolutely and uh, of course uh, uh next to our lady and next to saint paul saint francis of assisi is my favorite saint and uh, of course his whole motto was perfect joy perfect joy
1: yeah well, what about the individual who's listening, and they're thinking, "New evangelization"? What does that mean? I have to do. Do I have to do something new? Do I have to do? Do I have to start something today? What does it mean to the individual who's listening to this program right now?
3: It means uh, if you're a Catholic, to, to get serious about being Catholic, to pray, uh, to uh, and if uh, you have struggles with prayer, don't we all? You know, browse in a, a Catholic a bookstore, a, a good Christian bookstore, and t- check out some of the books on prayer and on spiritual development. Uh, Uh, I'm privileged to have had one of the best in the world, Father Benedict Rochelle, to help me in that uh, area. But certainly prayer, to pray about it. Secondly, to study, you know. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, a great gift. Prayerfully written, thorough, beautiful, Catholic. Right. And... um, then somehow uh, get involved in some uh, ministry, some apostolic activity, uh, some need that you feel you could fulfill, whether it's visiting a nursing home, praying before an abortion clinic, working with our immigrant brothers and sisters. on proper the truth of the faith. Sharing, sharing How sharing the about evangelizing? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. We do, in fact, we do door-to-door evangelizing there at St. Patrick's.
1: That's beautiful. That's Amen. A, that's wonderful. And, and this document that uh, I've been quoting from or, or looking at here, um, says specifically, the new evangelization is the responsibility of all Christians who are in serious pursuit mm. of holiness. Yes, if sir. you're serious about your pursuit of holiness, if you mm. want to be a holy person, yeah. right, the new evangelization is required of you.
3: And I hope every listener wants to be a saint. He's pointing right. to Tom again. Tom. Right. I'm pointing to Tom. <laughs> That's okay. Tom. Am I your example of being a
2: saint, Father? <laughs> oh, that a,
1: He's my model. See,
2: You're not is. pointing to Deacon Judge.
1: It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> uh, father Bruce, thank you for helping us put the new evangelization in context. And, and I would hope that as we close out our program, you might offer a prayer sure. uh, that will help invigorate us and, and bring the Holy Spirit upon us and let us all be uh, mm-hmm. joyful and enthusiastic in yeah, our faith.
3: Thank, thank you. Jesus, first and greatest evangelizer. Mary, star of evangelization, intercede for us, that the Holy Spirit which hovered over you, Blessed Lady Mary, so long ago in Nazareth, giving birth to the Savior of the world, that that same Holy Spirit will give us a new birth, a new Pentecost, that we may be excited about our faith, that we may be Catholic spirit-filled, give us strength to evangelize this beautiful world in which we live struggling for meaning, struggling for purpose. But help us to know, O Holy Spirit, that Jesus will always be the Alpha and the Omega. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to